0: We have lots of people here who are in different stages of life with their mothers. Uh, you, some of you have your moms with you, and some of you don't have your moms with you. Some of you have, like, like myself, have said goodbye to your mother. Some people here today are watching online. Maybe you're in a situation where you're trying to be a mom, and you just, you, God hasn't blessed you with that yet. Um, but just know this. God is with you. God is faithful, and we're here for you as a church. And just know this. Uh, there's something in the water. So you may want to come to church and start drinking the water because there's lots of babies happening around here at Lake Point Church. So, um, but we are in our week four of this series called Greater. And basically, it's a walk through the book uh, of Colossians. Now, the book of Colossians is actually a letter uh, from the Apostle Paul to uh, the church at Colossae, and Colossae was a town right in the middle of the Roman Empire, the the, the largest empire um, in um, in in the known world, and one of the largest empires of of of, of history. And so this um, this letter that Paul wrote, he wrote to a church that he had never even visited. He never even saw them, the church at Colossae, much like the church at Laodicea, which wasn't that far away from Colossae. And so Paul is writing this letter, and the reason why he's writing this letter is to sort of um, help with the false teaching and the heresy that was happening around the church. So uh, as a counter move for the heresy and false teaching that was going on, Paul uh, sent this letter. Now, on this um, on this Mother's Day, as we as we celebrate moms and stuff, we can always know this: moms are always there, not only with love and hugs, but they're also there with the rules. Now, moms have a lot of rules, and we see our own. You know, we see Suzanne and the kids see our mom. Just make up rules like, "Hey, we got we got a new one today. There's a new one." right? Moms, you ever get to the point where you're like making up a rule every day, right? Or you're having to remind people of your rules all the time. Now, you can have a relationship with your mother that is based upon rules and regulations, or you can have a relationship with your mother that is based on a relationship. And so I loved loved my mom, and I was never really concerned about the rules and the regulations. The more I loved my mom, the less that I worried about the rules. Following mom's rule became automatic the more that I showed my love to her and accepted the love that she was showing to me. And so much like the moms in our life, we could either follow her rules or we could follow the relationship that she is giving through love. Very similar to our love for God. And what Paul is saying in this letter is it's not about the rules and the regulations. See, the false teachers put heavy burdens of that on the church at Colossae. And so, what Paul is saying, look, guys, time out. It's, it's not about the rules and regulations, it's about the relationship. To God, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity is not about a bunch of rules. It's not about a bunch of don'ts. It's about what Christ has done for us. That is what it is about, and how He shows His love to us. So today, we're going to look at three things. We're going to be in the uh, in the last part of uh, Colossians chapter two. If you have your copy of God's Word or your digital copy online, you could do that as well. And uh, we have this on the screen. Uh, here and online. But um, we're going to talk about three things that people try to put in the center instead of Christ. Now, what my title for today's sermon is No Substitute for Christ. There's no substitute for Christ. Just like there's no substitute for moms. No substitute for moms. There are some things that my kids need their mother for, okay? In fact, sometimes they'll ask me something, it's like, why are you asking me that? Don't ask me that. I I don't know. You need to go to mom. Now I do that about eight to nine out of ten times um, when people when kids come to me. And so the 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 plan is really they just stop coming to me and they just go straight to mom. Sorry, sweetie. Um, but there are certain things that moms can do, and there's no uh, substitute for that. Just like with moms, there's no substitute for Christ. Even though the false teachers were. We're, um, we're helping people or encouraging people and even tricking people into replacing Christ uh, as a center. So what are the three things? Well, we're gonna be in, in starting in, in verse 16 of chapter two. So first of all, we gotta make sure that no one, uh, we don't allow people to judge us. We've gotta make sure that people don't judge you. Okay. Don't let anyone judge you. And this is, this is one of the things Paul talks about. And really he's talking about legalism. So legalism, which means relying on religious rules for acceptance with God instead of what Christ has done for you at the cross. It's like obeying the rules in order, uh, that your mom is giving, giving you in order to gain her love. Now, you respect your mother. You show her that you love her by, by the rules by obeying the rules, but you, you don't gain the love of a mother by following the rules. You're already, you already loved by mom. There's nothing that you can do to, to lose that love, just like there's nothing you could do to lose the love of Christ. So it's not about the rules and regulations. It's, uh, which that's, that's legalism. Again, legalism, relying on religious rules for acceptance by God instead of what Christ has done for you at the cross. So the, the danger with legalism is that people will uh, judge each other over things that no longer even apply, and that's what we see here. As we read in Colossians chapter 2, just verses 16 through 17, it says this, "'Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon uh, celebration, or on a Sabbath day.'" These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ and Christ alone. So the Colossians were allowing the false teachers to judge them, to intimidate them, to, to fill them with, um, with you know, with inferior, uh, to be inferior to them. And because they did that, they allowed that, they were doing that because uh, uh, through the uh, not observing the Jewish laws, so because they were not observing the Jewish ceremonial laws, the false teachers put heavy burdens on them, saying, "You've got to do all of these things in order to be accepted by God." That is not the Bible. That is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. Now, Old Testament, you had to follow all of these ceremonial things, but regarding. The New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Way, it's about a relationship. The power of the law has been canceled, and you cannot be judged by a law that no longer exists for you. Paul is saying, don't let, don't let someone question your spirituality on the basis of religious rules rather than in Christ. And he even uses a couple of examples. He uses the example of what you eat, so your diet. Okay, what you eat and then observing certain dates. So diets and dates, observing certain, certain holidays or, uh, you know, Jewish holidays, Jewish festivals, Jewish uh, dates. And so Paul is using it as an example. Look, for an example, don't let anyone judge you because of what you're eating and for not observing these Jewish holidays because guess what? That's, that's the old past. That's in the old law. So the problem with this legalism is that so it only shadow, it's only shadows of the things to come. The problem with the rules is that they were only shadows of what was to come. All of the Old Testament rules and regulations were just a shadow of what was going to come with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, could say, he said, I came uh, to fulfill the law. I am the real thing, I am the reality, God in the flesh, the the stuff of the Old Testament, the rules and regulations, that was just a shadow of what was to come, and that is me, Jesus Christ. Shadows only point to things, they are not a reality of things. So. What was the, what was, what's the solution then? If the problem is that the Old Testament rules and regulations are just a shadow of the things, of the reality, what's the solution? Well, the solution is to understand that Jesus Christ is that reality. Focus on the reality found in Christ. That is a solution for legalism. For example, in our day, you could be, we could be so legalistic about doing certain things. For example... You could be legalistic about, even even good things, you could be legalistic about coming to church. Okay? I, there are people here today who are here pretty much every Sunday. And it's, it could get to the point, and I've been in seasons in my own life, where you get to the point to where, well, we got to go to church. Why? Because we got to go to church. We're supposed to go to church. Rather than the legalism, rules and regulations, how about this? I want to go to church. Why are you going to church? Because I I, want to worship God with other believers. I want to hear what God has to say through his word. I want to fellowship with other believers. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Why? Because I love him, and I want to be with him and near him. It's almost like a child coming to mom by her side and just snuggling down next to her on the couch. Not because she calls them and say, you must come over here and sit down and snuggle next, next to me. No, they do it because they want to do it. That is the difference. And so the, the reality is this, Christ is here, Christ is alive, now Christ is in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is here in this place, and you and I, we get to have this fellowship of the real Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in this place, is in this room, that is the reality. I shared last week, again, not really going into the details, I'm, I am working on a on something that I can kind of write down to kind of explain some of this. But the three days after my mother passed away, my mother was speaking to me, not audibly, but, but through the Spirit and just telling me some things. And it wasn't her in the flesh. She wasn't right there. She was at the foot of my bed. <laughs> she, but through the Spirit, she was saying some things to me, which is very sweet. Which is amazing that God would allow that to comfort me. Because the Holy Spirit, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to comfort us. But what mom was saying is just a shadow of where she is. It's just a shadow of where she is. She's in heaven. She was telling me some things. Shared last week. Some things such as we, we eat not because we're hungry, because the food tastes so good. Or things like there's always music here. There's always singing. Not that everyone is singing that I see, but it's just in the background. It's just, it's just here. And so what she was saying was just a shadow of where she actually was and where she is. And so the Holy Spirit, however, is a part of the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in this place. And so you don't come to church just because you have to. You come to church because you want to. And I know that there are people even watching online and some people here today to where, man, I wish I could be there every Sunday, but there's... Certain things that come around. maybe uh, you've got people that are sick or you've got some uh, job issues. Or I know some of you work on Sunday, you're out of town, and, and your shift is, is on a Sunday. Whatever, we get that. But it's, it's all about wanting to be here. and it's not following a rule or a regulation. So, the false teachers, they were, uh, they were judging. The church of Colossae, they were judging them. And so don't let the enemy, the voices of the enemy, judge you. You just want to have the reality of Christ. So the, uh, the second way Paul shows us to, to live this greater life in Christ is to not let anyone disqualify you. People in Colossae would disqualify each other depending on whether or not, they have had certain religious experiences, and so Paul gives a warning here, don't let anyone disqualify you, so what Paul is talking about, in the first part, uh, in verses 16 through 17, he's talking about legalism, okay, doing certain things in order to to win God's God's approval, okay, or or, or the acceptance of, uh, uh, you know, of God. But right here, Paul is talking about mysticism. Mysticism is relying on religious experiences for status within the church instead of you finding your place in the body of Christ. Mysticism, again, is relying on religious experiences for the status in a church. We see this in verses 18 through 19. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility... And the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, which is Christ, from from whom the whole body, supported and held together with the uh, ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. So, um, that word disqualify is a word that he uses there is a word that means to decide against someone or to give judgment against someone. So that disqualify means we're deciding against someone. Now, this word is actually an athletic term, okay? This in, 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 the, um, uh, you know, in, in the original text. So this is an athletic term that is related to the Greek word that means umpire. So we like, you know, we, we get umpire. We get umpires in sports. Umpires do, I mean, they, they're an important part of the game. Last night, Atlanta Braves, right? What, 14 innings? And they won. Um, I mean, umpires were, were, were a major part of that, <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, they, they have to call the game. They have to call the game with integrity. But these false teachers weren't calling these other believers in Colossae with integrity. Paul is saying the false teachers were were relying on their religious experiences to determine who really ranked in the church. And if you didn't have the same type of spiritual experiences uh, that they were having, then like an umpire, they would say, you're out, you don't rank, or you don't qualify. The false teachers were acting like self-appointed spiritual referees or umpire who were disqualifying the Colossians because they did not have certain religious experiences. So, what kind of religious experiences is Paul talking about? He talks about a couple of them right there in that passage we just we just read. Experiences with angels and visions. Experiences with angels and visions. Now, there's probably not a whole lot of you who've had experience with angels. I haven't had experience with angels. I'd freak out if I had experience with an angel. I'd have to change my pants. Some of you, most of you probably have not had much experience with visions. You may have had dreams. I've had, I've had dreams. And obviously, the possibility of having visions is more likely than an encounter with an angel. But Paul uses these as an example that the false teachers were telling the, book, uh, the Colossae church, look, if you're not having experiences with angels and if you're not uh, having visions, then you're, you don't really rank. You're not really qualified for, for ministry. You're not really qualified, qualified to serve in the church. Let me, let me give you a, a, a real life example. Okay, there's many different types of worship uh, styles and, and worship expressions, okay? You have all different motions of worship. And you have, obviously, singing, but you also have, what, what do you do with your hands, you know? I mean, you could just kind of do this, this is cool, you know? Or you could do this, or this, or raise both hands, One hand, you know, or, I mean, all kinds, wave them around, wax on, wax off. You know, you you have all kinds of different expressions of, of worship, but can I tell you something? Whether you worship like this, or worship like this, neither one of those does not qualify you for service in the church. For what God wants to do in your life. Okay? Because you worship in the way that God designed you to worship. Some of you, some men out there, I mean, you may not even sing. I'm grateful you're not singing. But when when you and I come in in, in, in a worship setting, We're going to have different expressions of worship, but the way you express that worship does not show whether you are qualified or not qualified, okay? Man, I I love the worship, but my form of worship does not qualify me to stand up on the stage. I can worship like this, and I have done that many times. Same with giving. Say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big giver. I'm not even a 10% tither. You know, I can, I can just give this much. Hey, can I tell you something? Listen to me. You, that does not disqualify you for what God wants to do in your life. It doesn't. Now, God wants you to be faithful. God does call you to, to, to give, and, and he even... You know, uses the word tithe, which is 10%. But no matter what you give or the amount that you give does not qualify you or disqualify you. And that is another form of worship. We say that all the time. I just got through saying that in our time of, of the offering. So I want you to understand, if you don't have those moments of just, complete surrender and lifting your hands and you're on the the floor weeping because God is just overwhelming you and I've had those moments, just because you haven't had those experiences doesn't mean that God is not interested in using you for his kingdom and doesn't mean that God wants to do great things through you. Do we understand? Are we tracking with? Just like nod your head or something. Okay, are we tracking with me? Okay, all right. I want to just make sure you understand that. We don't teach that. Now, there were people in Colossae who were. So the problem was false humility. Religious experience does not equal spiritual maturity. Let me say that again. Religious experience does not equal spiritual maturity. Just because you raise your hand or not raise your hand doesn't mean you're you're spiritually mature or immature. The true toughs of spiritual maturity is not what kind of experience you've had, but rather knowledge of God's word leading to love for God and other people. What spiritual maturity is, you opening God's word and letting God's word show you and mold you to know how to love him more and to love others more. That's the bottom line. Love God, love people. How do you do that? Through, through God's word and through prayer. You don't need some kind of woo-hoo experience. You're going to give enough experience right here. Just, it's like the word of God is going to speak to you. So don't, just don't think you, you need all that stuff. Just be simple. Be simple. Open up God's word. You know, Frank, I can't spend an hour of time in prayer every day. Guess what? I can't either. (laughs) That's tough. There are people that do. But just keep it simple. Keep it simple. That's all God asks, okay? Um, So the solution is to stay connected with Christ. Just stay connected with Christ, through his word, through prayer. And then the third thing, so again... The three uh, things that Paul is talking through that, um, that, w- that the church of Colossae was having to deal with, His, uh, he was reminding them, don't let them judge you. So that's a legalism. Don't let them disqualify you. That's mysticism. Mysticism, using, using spiritual experiences to qualify you. That's, that's not the gospel. And that's what Paul is saying. And then the third and final thing is this. Don't let anyone take away your freedom. Don't let anyone take away your freedom. Now, what is that? That's ba- it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a fancy word it means that's, uh, that's called asceticism. Asceticism is relying on religious acts of self-denial to grow in holiness. Okay, so let me say that again. Asceticism is relying on religious acts of self-denial to grow in holiness. The danger with asceticism is that people take each other's freedoms away by condemning things which God has called good. God has called good. So Paul warns us, don't let anyone take away your freedom. So he talks about it as we close out this chapter. Chapter two, verse 20 through 23, it says this. Since you died with Christ... To the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? If you died this, to Christ, why do you try to submit to his rules? Verse 21, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. He's, he's basically saying these false teachers, they say that. Don't handle this. Don't taste this. Don't touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have all appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. So I'm really gonna unpack those few verses as we close this out. Relying on religious acts of self-denial in order to grow in holiness and to have approval for God is not the gospel. That's false teaching. Now, we are called to deny ourselves. We are called to take up our cross daily and to follow him, to deny ourselves daily. We are to follow Christ, but, but not as a means of acceptance with God or to grow in holiness. We don't deny ourselves, people. We don't deny ourselves in order to be accepted By God, you are already accepted. Christ died for you. Yes, your lousy self. Guess what? Christ died for you. Isn't that wonderful news? You didn't have to do anything, nothing. Christ died for you. You don't have to do all of these crazy things In order to be accepted by God. In fact, you don't have to do anything to be accepted by God because He already loves you. Now, if you want to accept Him as Lord and Savior and and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and believe in what He did for you, and if you want to invite Him into your life, and if you want to want to repent from your sin and turn away from a life of sin and start following Jesus, then yeah, you're denying yourself some of the some of the desires that your flesh desires and wants and longs for. Paul says you died with Christ to the principles of this world. Why are you still submitting to its rules as though you belong to it? The false teachers taught that material or physical things were evil. We see this in the kind of rules the false teachers were proposing. Like when they said don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. So the, the problem with asceticism, the problem with these things is that they are merely human commands and teachings. So what, what's Paul saying? These are not God's rules, but man's rules. These are not God's rules, but these are man's rules. They are destined to perish. They have to do with the material things of this world that's going to pass away which is especially true like food, okay? You eat it, it's gone. None of these commands will carry on into heaven. For for example, there's not gonna be any fasting in heaven. (laughs) Jesus is already there. (laughs) I mean, you're gonna be with Jesus. There's not gonna be any need for fasting. You can eat all you want. And you're not gonna eat because you're hungry. You're gonna eat because the food tastes so good. Um, these commands have no eternal value because they are not based on God's word, but man's word. Paul says these rules look spiritual on the outside. They have an appearance of wisdom. These rules are self-imposed and are self-made worship self-made worship. We see this in Isaiah 29, 13. Just one verse, you don't really have to turn there. It says this, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. The bottom line is this. Man loves to try to earn God's favor. Humankind, we try, we love to try to earn God's favor by works. It's in our natural DNA. It's, it's, it's what we do, what we do in our, in our culture, in our society. We will choose penance over repentance anytime. We will choose penance, which is suffering, over repentance anytime. Hey, I'll, I'll just suffer, but I'm going to keep a little bit of my sin, I'll suffer and just show how, how God is pleased with me. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll suffer and I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll go to church just so God will be pleased with me. That's not, the right, that's not the right way to approach it. The right way to approach it is confess our sin and repent from that life and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And guess what? I want to go to church because I know you're going to be there. I know your Holy Spirit is gonna be there because the Bible says there are two or three or more gathered in Jesus' name, which we are, then I'm gonna be there in the midst. I'm gonna be right there. Jesus is here, right here with us. So, but man lives loves to try to earn God's favor by works. We would choose penance over repentance uh, every time. But religious acts of self-denial are merely human commands and teachings. They have an appearance of wisdom, but they don't actually work when it comes to growing in holiness. That's the problem with asceticism. That's the problem with asceticism of, that, of the idea of severe self-denial. Again, I'm, t- I'm talking severe self-denial. We see this in other religions. You can go and search the internet for all kinds of things, I mean, I, I, I don't remember his name. I read lots of things uh, this past week uh, about this. But there's this one man who, who lived on top of a, of a pillar, like a column pillar, for like, I don't know, 30 years to in extreme self-denial. You know? We, you have people who, who go to extreme self-denial to be in seclusion and, and to where they're not. That's, that's not what God's plan is. <laughs> yeah, we need to have walk in self-denial. Yes, but not to the extreme of that. Not to the extreme of that. And that's what Paul is trying to get them to understand. So what's the solution? So what does work? The solution is remember that you have already died with Christ. The basic principles of this world. You You don't need to keep killing yourself through repeated acts of asceticism, <laughs> okay, you don't need to be, keep doing that over and over and over again. When you put your faith in Christ, you were united with him in death. You've already been given new life in Christ Jesus. Now I know in our, in our, in our culture, there's not a whole lot of, of, of extreme or severe self-denial. Um, most of that is in in different uh, religions. And <clears throat> they, they think that they can draw nearer to whoever they're worshiping through that severe self-denial. But that's, that's the wrong way. That's not, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, as we close, I just want to remind you that Don't let people judge you by all kinds of rules and regulations. Um, Don't let the enemy judge you within the thoughts that he's putting in your head about what what you might be doing, what you're not doing. That's legalism. That's all about the rules. Don't approach it about the rules. And also, don't let anybody disqualify you. Because you're, which is mysticism, because you're not experiencing things, because you you don't know how to how to worship freely, or or you know, there's other examples we can use, but just don't don't let people disqualify you because you don't experience a certain thing, and also don't let people take away your freedom. Okay, don't let people take away your freedom to, you know, to do certain things. For, I mean, I, I've said this a uh, time before. The, um, the act of drinking alcohol. Okay, if you want to have a glass of wine with, you know, you and your spouse, <clears throat> I mean, that's between you and the Lord. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine, okay? And, guys, if you want to open up a beer and drink it there on your back porch, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, you get drunk, we got issues. Wife's gonna call the pastor and I'm gonna show up. Um, drinking, you know, in a, in a, in a place where people, um, you could lead them astray. Now, we, we, don't, we don't have alcohol in our house, we don't drink, and, and, and it doesn't make us any special. Okay? But you never heard me say, and you never will heard me say, you need to remove all alcohol from your house because it is of the devil and you can't have any. I mean, that's wrong. Okay? Now, don't walk away saying, my preacher said I could drink. I I think we understand one another on that. But It's it's about the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. It's not about all of this stuff, legalism, mysticism, asceticism. It's not about all that stuff. And and don't overcomplicate you following Jesus. Okay, please, if there's anything you get from this message, here today, watching online, don't overcomplicate complicate following Jesus. Can I tell you something? When Jesus called the disciples, it wasn't really complicated. He said, follow me. Two words, follow me. He didn't say, follow me, but you need to do all these other things first, and you need to spend several months. and. You know, it's isolation and seclusion, you know, it's to get you, make sure you're worthy of following me and all. No, <laughs> that's not what it's about. Two, two words follow me. What does that look like? I think it looks a little different for every person. Okay? You may be someone who's like, man, I'm, I'm reading 10 chapters in the Bible a day. Great. I know people who do that. I don't do that. I fall asleep. But you need to get in God's word. Yeah. You may say, well, I'm gonna pray every day for an hour. That's great if you wanna do that. Some of you just need to start just praying, talking to Jesus, talking to God. But the more you do this, the more you follow, the more you're going to want to follow, and the more you're going to want to f- learn more about Jesus and know how he loves you and has made you and the plans that he has for you and how he's going to utilize you. Don't, don't complicate it, please, for the love of God. Don't complicate it. It's simple. It's simple. Please understand that. Okay, someone needed to hear that. I w- that wasn't written down. Someone needed to hear that. Maybe multiple people. Just don't don't overcomplicate it. Make it simple. Follow Jesus. You miss a day, it's fine. <laughs> but just like just like a mother, you know, when I I would hug my mom, I would. Uh, I would do it because I want to. She never, ever, ever made me. You better come here and give me a hug. She didn't. There wasn't any value in that. But I hugged her because I wanted to. I hugged her not because I followed her rules. I hugged her because I loved her heart. And... It was all about a relationship. So, some of you have had an, a wrong idea of Christianity. It's all about the do's and the don'ts, when it's really all about what Jesus already did for you. That's what it's about. And you're trying to overcomplicate it. So, let me help you simplify that. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we close this out. This is, um, even if you're watching now online or watching, Later, uh, or if you're sitting here today, I just want to make sure you you understand that God is calling you to follow Him. That doesn't mean you have to give up your job, give up your family, go live in a in a monastery, you know, all this. Stuff. Just, you know, it just means for you to start that conversation of a relationship with Him. And so my call to you is this: it's simple, two words. Follow me, not me, but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Jesus is here. His spirit is here, and he's asking you, will you follow me? If you've never done that today, you could do that right here, right now. And it's real simple, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry for following myself. I wanna follow you. Help me to live for you. Please forgive me my sin, be Lord of my life, and help me to know you. And if you're sitting here today, and and you maybe have already told God that one time, maybe you sat down with Jesus and and said, Jesus, I want to follow you, I want to do what I can, And, and maybe you did that for a season, but just life steps in, distractions come in, trust me, I know about all that. And then maybe you've gotten away from that. But Jesus is here and he's asking, hey, let's start up again. Let's follow down that road together again. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Jesus is not going to push you. He's not going to make you. He's just going to ask, will you follow me? And so maybe you've gotten away from that. Maybe you consider yourself a believer who just maybe got off on the wrong trail and you haven't been following. Now's the time to take care of that. Just recommit your life to him. Just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for (laughs) being distracted. I want to follow you. Show Show me what that looks like. I don't want it to look like the person sitting next to me. Me following you is what you want it to look like. So show me that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Everybody looking up here. If you prayed that prayer, any of those prayers for the first time, I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email, pastor at lakepointonline.com. Whether you're here live or watching online. And uh, I'd love to hear about it. But just, just know this, like I said in that prayer, your, your walk does not need to look exactly like your spouse. Okay, Suzanne and I, our walks are different. Okay, They are, but guess what? We both love Jesus, and because we love Jesus, we love each other even better because of that. So simplify it, walk with Jesus, figure out what that looks like. Hey, as we close, uh, Mother's Day cakes are in the lobby, and if you, we do have some extras. If you're even going to see your mother today, like some of you are maybe gonna go see your mother or maybe a mother in your life, like a grandmother or whatever, take a cake, if you would, and uh, be able to, uh, uh, you know, to send that over. Or if you know you're going, uh, if, if there's someone in your neighborhood that um, maybe um, uh, they're, they're a mother, but they're kind of alone, we've, I know we've got a lady that lives next door, and she's away from her family. She's a widow this past year, so we'll make sure we take a cake for her as well. But take a cake, and uh, let's make sure we uh, get rid of those. Hey, you don't want to miss next week. Um, Next Sunday, Graduate Sunday, it's going to be awesome. And also this Wednesday, we're ordaining Jim Houston in ministry. Wednesday at 6.30. We'd love to see you here. Happy Mother's Day. Love you guys. Y'all take care.